friends, and welcome to the first episode of Criminality. Criminality is a podcast all about your favorite things, true crime and reality, and we're bringing them together. It's a weird hybrid of sorts. Do we really know what it is? Not exactly, but we hope you'll be here for the journey of what's to come. My name is Melissa, and with me is my wonderful co-host, the loveliest of lovelies, Rebecca Sebastian. Well, hi, Melissa. Thanks for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm so up for this experiment that we're doing. And you know what I've been told is loving reality is not a crime. There you go. I mean, that's what they say. You, <laughs> by they, you mean us and the 50,000 focus people we've put through uh, hearing all of our ideas. Exactly. And by us, barely us, because I couldn't even get it out. But um, but you know what I mean. I'm following you just fine. So this is our first episode. We are super excited, super nervous, although both of us have podcasts. I am the co-host of Moms and Murder, and Rebecca hosts the incredible Dialogue podcast with the best, like, I think you have the best tagline of all time. Oh, thank you. Are you referring to Kill the Small Talk? You know what? Isn't it kind of a twofer? You have Kill the Small Talk and... A true crime conversation. Thank you. Okay. You can go either way. <laughs> yeah. I So the technical name of the show is Dialogue, colon, A True Crime Conversation. <laughs> so thank you for liking that. But um, Kill the Small Talk is something fun I say on the show a lot, and I've kind of informally, unofficially made it the show tagline. I love it. So should we say Dialogue, colon? Is that how you search for it? Or is it just the <laughs> Please don't search a Dialogue in colon. I feel like that's going to get gross. <laughs> that's going to get to a weird part of the internet that we uh-huh. maybe don't want to discuss. So the way we've kind of set this show up, at least to start, is uh, each week one of us will be leading an episode and we will give you clues before the end of the show over what the next episode's going to be. So we're hoping to make this fun and interactive, fun for us, fun for you, and we hope you guys really enjoy it. So this first week, I'm going to kick it off with a story I knew a little bit about. I have to be honest. I knew some details about, but this story starts off really in 2009. Rebecca, 2009 was such a simpler time. Oh, Modern Family was making its debut. Wow. Kanye crashed Taylor Swift's acceptance speech. 2009, 12 years ago. It's like yesterday, but also a <laughs> lifetime ago, right? It's like... Several lifetimes ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so, and then at that same time, all your aunts and uncles and cousins and third grade frenemies are sending you Farmville requests over on Facebook. Oh, God. How glad are you that that's Rip. over with? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rip, indeed. <laughs> so in late 2009, though, a show debuted that none of us really knew that we needed. A show that really made you wonder, is there a reality show that I wouldn't watch? And for <laughs> me, the answer is no, because I love garbage. I love trash. So back in 2009, though, VH1 was known for its dedication to music. And I'm just kidding. It was known for things like Rock of Love, The Surreal Life. And do you remember that Tori Spelling show? Not the Tori and Dean and Loves. She had a scripted show for one season. And it was actually pretty funny. It was based on her life. So notorious. Oh, yeah. Wow. You you are good. (laughs) You are good. It's a blessing and a curse. (laughs) We should just set the record right now that I am going to be riding Melissa's reality coattails a lot of the time. I'm like super into the housewives. And I have peripheral reality experience. Um, so I'm excited to go back and re-experience some of this. But I do remember So Notorious. Yeah. Yes, it was great. And But also, Rebecca, you have a ton of pop culture knowledge. So even when you don't know all of the, like, my thousand pound sisters, that's one of my favorites, you're going to know the gifts and memes that come of these this things. This is true. So okay. you're good. 
you're right here with us. Yeah. So back then, VH1 is putting out all kinds of shows, like I was saying, and each one really more terrible than the next. But back in 2009, they decided to work on a show called Guido's. Again, 2009. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I don't think you could even say that anymore. Like a, on a net, like on a podcast, you can, but a network show would not I, do that. I would like to preface this with again repeating that this was 2009, and I did not name this show this, and neither did they ultimately. So, the original idea that VH1 has is they're going to have this all male competition show to find out who's the biggest Guido. So, I even searched Urban Dictionary for real definitions and didn't really get anywhere, but. The idea was this competition show, all males. They didn't want females in it because females bring too much drama. Their words, okay. not mine. So <laughs> they decided to change the name and hit up Seaside Heights and created the Jersey Shore. Oh, boy. So they take out the competition part of this show and create basically a real world Jersey Shore type show. Rebecca, what is your relationship to the shore? Well, Melissa, I'm not sure you know this about me, but I am from the Garden State of New Jersey. So I love that. Um, That's so, so great. This is going to bring out a lot of, um, I'm going to be able to add some color. I'm not going to lie. So depending on where you're from in New Jersey, you might say I'm going to the beach or down the shore. And the two things mean the same thing, but the difference is important. Like regionally, <laughs> where I'm from, we're just going to the beach, but down in South Jersey, you're going down the shore. So, so yeah, this means a lot. My relationship to the Jersey Shore is, I mean, that's my childhood. This is like my coming of age. I am excited. So if I'm where you're at, so you're going to the beach and I'm going to the shore, would we end up at the same place, but just call it two different things? Or is it well, different Well, I don't know the mileage of coastline on New Jersey. New Jersey is a small <laughs> but densely populated state. There are a lot of beach shore towns. So it's Seaside Heights. Is that okay. right? So right, I, right. I mm -hmm. would go more towards Point Pleasant, which is kind of adjacent to, they're all along the coast. So they're next to each other, but they right, all right. have their own vibe, right? And Seaside Heights was a whole vibe. It, <laughs> they could have called it Seaside Heights, the vibe, I think. <laughs> yes. And that really would have gotten the word yes, out. Yeah. they could have. <laughs> so, they, so they decide, VH1 decides to change the name and change the format. And now we have the Jersey Shore. But they decided not to even mess with it. MTV is the one that ended up taking I'm it I'm glad over. you're saying this because I've been stressing the whole yes. time that you've been saying the wrong network. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm sure Melissa like triple check this. Okay. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Yes. <laughs> I do have it up there somewhere. And apparently I missed it in my notes. But yes, it, it ended up being VH1. Put it to the side. They decided let's do more so notorious. That didn't <laughs> land. But um, anyway, they're back in the Jersey Shore is on MTV. So if you're not familiar with the Jersey Shore, though, the basic premise is eight strangers pick to live in a house to find out what happens when people stop being polite <laughs> and start talking on duck phones and working in a t-shirt shop inexplicably. What the t-shirt shop had to do with, no one really knows. I feel bad for that guy. No one knows what was I, going I don't on even there, recall so. that being part of the story. So originally it was, isn't that that's crazy? So, weird. so that's kind of, I guess they thought there would be drama from there, but the duck phone brought way more drama. <laughs> So, so it's fueled by really alcohol and these instant phrases that become a part of our collective vernacular, like GTL for gym, tan, and laundry, K 
cabs are here and even my favorite dirty little hamster, which I <laughs> say about just about anybody in traffic. That's my nickname for everyone. So Jersey Shore ended up being really a quick hit for MTV. The first episode debuted on December 3rd, 2009 with 1.38 million viewers. By comparison, the fourth season debuted in 2011 with 8.78 million. So wow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to do math on the spot, but it would be like 700, 800 percentage more. I shouldn't have even tried that. You can do the math there. <laughs> Bring out your calculator. You A for effort. Phone. Yeah, there you go. But really, this didn't even translate for immediate money for the cast because this first season of Jersey Shore, the stars received zero compensation except for what they made in the t-shirt shop. So that was actually, they just made hourly wages at the t-shirt shop. Uh, I'm sorry, who, who, who would sign up for that? I mean, is, so is that a situation, situation, we're getting, yeah, we're getting yeah, we're close. Getting there, we're getting there. Um, is that like fame and what might come from it could outweigh, it's like a future opportunity thing because now we know reality people sign up and you know, they're negotiating salaries and sure. there's an expectation. So that's super interesting and really I, unexpected. Yeah, they're living in a house. They're getting free food, free booze, and I mean, yeah, they just I guess, have to work. Yeah, you're in your 20s. I guess you can do that. I know. It's it's a simpler time in my <laughs> 20s. <laughs> so I can see how I'd sign on to it. But they actually signed on. They found out the day before they were supposed to arrive to the shore that, that that was it the next day. They had to be there. So they got a call, and they had to be there the next day, which I think it was Angelina. One of them came with garbage bags. I think it was Angelina. And it, she said, literally, I didn't have luggage. I found out 24 hours before I was oh going gosh. there. Yeah, this is just a total whirlwind. But after six successful seasons of the original Jersey Shore, plus the four seasons of the reboot, Jersey Shore, a family vacation, many of the stars are now multi-millionaires thanks to their notoriety on the show and their other business ventures. And so today, we're going to talk to you guys about one of those stars. This is the man, the myth, situation mm -hmm. Mike Sorrentino and how he went from the shore to the pen oh my gosh I'm so excited I don't I don't know this story this is one of those stories that as you read in parts of it are so hilarious because I just either blocked so much of it out or I truly didn't know about it but I think you guys will enjoy it because there's just stuff I I truly had no idea about so Mike, the situation, Sorrentino, was born on the 4th of July in 1982 to parents Mike and Linda. And Linda goes by Peaches, which is my oh, favorite yes. New Jersey mother name, right? Yeah. I'm, by the way, I just want to say I'm half Italian. So I'm just, mm. and from New Jersey, I just, I feel like I'm coming home. <laughs> like, this is just great. This is your Sunday dinner. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I love it. In my family, it was Monday nights, but still, we were weird. You, Go ahead. We'll give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> So he grew up on Staten Island with his family, and he was raised in Manalapan Township, New Jersey. So Mike's dad is an electrical engineer, and his mom is a homemaker, and Mike is one of four kids, actually. He has a younger sister named Melissa, and he has two brothers named Mark and Frank. And remember those brothers, Rebecca, because we okay. will be talking about them again soon, yes. So Mike said he grew up as a pretty decent student. He was a self-proclaimed nerd, but I have photos in my yearbook that would really rival against <laughs> his, <laughs> his definition of a nerd and featuring some like bowl cut, half bowl cut and overalls, but not the cute overalls, you know? Um, I don't know. Bowl cut and overalls on you sounds pretty adorable. <laughs> 
It was a halfsies. I had hair in the back, but I just had it very, oh. I was like, I don't like this forehead. Yeah. I wore those, uh, fun fact, I wore those overalls so much. My dad once said to me, and I'll never forget this. He said, if I see you wearing those overalls again, I will burn them. So it was just all I wore. That Imagine. Was your uniform. Yeah, it was my uniform, but like it was beyond that. It was kind of a, an identity. It was a problem. <laughs> so... <laughs> So Mike ends up going to community college at Brookdale Community College and received his AA and later transferred to Keene University and Monmouth College. So Mike said he really always had this interest in business from the time he was young. And so it was really no surprise to anyone that he went into the mortgage profession. So he went into the mortgage profession right around the time of 2007, which was not Uh-oh. the time. <laughs> Everything crashed, and so he finds himself really jobless and looking for the next thing. So this is a couple years before Jersey Shore. So he's armed with a six-pack. I'm using some of his words here. The confidence of a Greek god, and he apparently has the strength of a guy who's able to slam his head into a concrete wall without dying, as we saw on the shore one season. I don't remember (laughs) which one. So Mike decides to try his abs as a male exotic dancer back in 2004 in the New York-based All-American Male Review. So he brought that situation out for the world to see. So while he's spending his nights on the stage, he spends his days as an assistant manager of a Staten Island fitness center. And so at this job, he makes around $35,000 a year. And according to Mike, actually, I'm going to read this quote because it just... The thing I like about Mike, the situation Sorrentino, is really <laughs> his personality and how he how he shares things with people. So I feel like this he needs to speak through me for this part. So the quote is this. I guess it was two, maybe three years ago now that I lost my job. It was a nine to five job like everybody else. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought, what have I got? And I always had an unbelievable body, a six pack. And people would always say, you got to do something with that eventually. And I was 25, you know, so I had to make a move. So I sent my pictures in to audition for underwear modeling. And they called me back and said, where have you been? Stop and it. <laughs> Emphasis mine. Emphasis mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so eventually I signed an underwear modeling contract and I was only doing it for three weeks when I was referred to MTV for the Jersey Shore pilot they were doing. It was pretty crazy, and it's been like a rocket ship ever since. And it truly has ever since he was on this show. So Mike, as well as the other contestants, which included Nicole Snooky Polizzi, Jenny J. Wow Farley, DJ Polly D, Ronnie Ortiz Magro, Sammy Sweetheart, Giancola, and Angelina Pavarnik. So Mike and Snooky a.k.a. Nicole Polizzi, quickly became the breakout stars of this breakout hit. You remember Snooki, the poof? Unforgettable. I know. in the memory. It is. I actually saw an Instagram live. I don't, somebody sent it to me. I, I guess I don't follow her apparently, but it was her doing a dance with her daughter of like one of those old cheerleading movies. It was just so like, it made me just feel so incredibly old that a kid yes. can be that coordinated, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> So because of this fame, though, Mike is offered tons of endorsement deals as well as these hosting opportunities and, you know, these opportunities to appear on other shows, including Dancing with the Stars, season 11. He was partnered with Karina Smirnoff, and he was kicked off during the fourth week after dancing the tango to Sweet Dreams Are Made of This, which... Oh, wow. 
apparently they weren't that week. So Rebecca, I'm about to read a list of things that Mike has either been involved with or helped promote. And you can feel free to, you know, stop me if I mention anything that makes you want to scream into a pillow or you can't believe it was created or Melissa, are you lying to me? Any of those, I'm good. So first one starts off strong. Mike partnered with Reebok as well as a vitamin water, did not find a name for that, as one of their spokespeople. Cool. Got it. Okay. Number two, Mike partnered with Dilligaff, Do I Look Like I Give a F, by Bohica Bill in the summer of 2010 to create a line of couture clothing, like Alexis Couture. Oh. Couture. couture. Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're still in the game, right? We're still here. The next one, he helped create an ab-focused fitness video entitled, of course, The Situation Workout. Mm-hmm. I got it. Are these just yes. going to keep devolving? Yeah. Partnered with GNC to create a pre-workout supplement. Okay. Makes sense. Fine. Okay. Here's a favorite. He was a spokesperson of something called Devotion Vodka, which was 80 proof booze that contained a bodybuilding supplement known as PeptoPro, which is basically a milk protein. Um, and it's said to be for those who like to take care of their bodies, but also want to have a good time. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to throw up. I, it's that, a, isn't that disgusting? It it's sounds just, so wrong. Like so much drinking and then like, I don't know, weights. I don't know. It's just a lot, but I just love it. It's like, it's for those that want to look good, but still want to have a good time. Like so, also known as most everybody. I mean, right. that's not like a rare combination of um, traits. Well, he had the devotion, Rebecca. We didn't. He uh, had the that's devotion. That's true. Vodka. Can't take that away. <laughs> I think they did eventually take it away from him though. So, uh, <laughs> so he also helped author, and I'm using air quotes here. This is a lot of Aviva Drescher authoring a book kind of thing. Um, and it was titled, Here's a Situation, colon, similar to dialogue. You guys kind of had a similar thing going on. Can't <laughs> underestimate the power of a well-placed colon. <laughs> Why can't that be our tagline? I love it. <laughs> so here's a situation, colon, a guide to creeping on chicks, avoiding grenades, and getting in your GTL on the Jersey Shore. Number one bestseller. Actually, I don't know about that. It- okay. I'm sorry. I've got to stop here for one moment. I work in marketing. Yeah. That's a that's a lot. That's a lot for one subtitle of a book. Do you think it needed more colons or was the colon it, not it the needed issue? needed some curating, some refining for someone to go. Maybe just like one of these things. I know things go in threes, but that that just feels like a lot. Really? Because how do you take out avoiding grenades and not end up with grenades? He's got to give you the whole thing. Come on. Oh my step goodness. by step. So he also had a GTL app. Rebecca, what did it do? No one knows. I can't find it anywhere on the internet. Pretty (sighs) sure the government pulled it. It's got to be some, you know, there's some rough information going on on there. So yikes. And lastly, one of the biggest songs to drop on iTunes after Papa Zao, the Kevin Federline hit. If you guessed that the song would be called The Situation, you'd be correct. (laughs) (laughs) But it's featuring someone named Fat Man Scoop, DJ Class, and the Disco Fries, which I think I need a protein vodka after that. That is, <laughs> I'm very they hungry. Fun. They sound fun, Disco Fries. <laughs> right? Disco Fries? That sounds delicious. I'll listen to your song. Give me a Chili's coupon or something. Let's do this. <laughs> so all this to say, Mike did not let his time on the shore go to waste. So as I mentioned before, the stars of the show received no payment that first season outside of what they earned at the t-shirt shop, which still blows our minds. But 
After that, he was really a cash cow. So going into the third season, Mike was earning close to $60,000 an episode after bonus incentives. Yeah. As well as event appearance fees, which were between fifteen dollars to $30,000, which was making him around a million dollars that year. So he just absolutely blew up really, really quickly. So Mike is making millions of dollars. And obviously, and I know this because I read a bunch of articles with him or his brother saying how much money he was making. So obviously, the government's paying attention and they're going to want your tax money. This is really where the start of Mike's problems came. So thanks to the success of the Jersey Shore, Mike was able to really live his GTL life. And staying true to Brandt, he purchases a tanning salon called Boca Tanning Salon. And he co-owned this with his brother. This is really the first of his troubles. So things start out okay, Rebecca, as they do with family-run businesses with men with lots of muscles and (laughs) seem to have short tempers. Eventually, Mike says that he didn't like the way his brother was running the store. So he had to go in and, quote, clean house in more way Uh than one. Yeah. Apparently, clean the house means something different than at my house when I literally (laughs) beg my family to just please pick up your socks. That's all I ask (laughs) if you love me. So for him, it means you accidentally get punched in the face while fighting your brother. Your mom, Peaches, accidentally is the one that punches you in the face. Yeah. Whoa, Peaches. Peaches doesn't play. She does not play. No, she does not. So they break up this fight and Mike ends up being arrested in Middletown, New Jersey, but was quickly released after posting a $500 bond. So this problem really went away pretty quickly. Spring is bursting with fresh energy. The air, our aspirations, and even our homes get a refreshing makeover. And what better time to revamp your home security with Simply Safe? It's our top choice and for good reason. Praised as the best home security system for 2024 by US News and World Report and recognized by Newsweek for its exceptional customer service, Simply Safe has you covered. From break-ins to fires and floods, its comprehensive sensors keep your entire home safeguarded. I also love that with the cameras I have in my house, I can be gone, not be able to get a hold of a kid, and simply go onto one of the cameras and look around the room and see my kid is there and safe, but just ignoring me, as you know, kids will do sometimes. And with a range of indoor and outdoor cameras, you can keep a vigilant eye on your property around the clock. For less than a dollar a day, you can enjoy 24-7 professional monitoring, ensuring prompt emergency responses for whenever you need it. Plus, Simply Safe's monitoring agents can intervene in real time, deterring intruders with the power of voice through wireless indoor cameras. But the best part is there's no long-term commitment, and you have a generous 60-day money-back guarantee. So why not give Simply Safe a try? If it doesn't exceed your expectations, Expectations, simply return it for a full refund. Simply Safe has given us and our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Factor is back as a sponsor of Criminality and I couldn't be happier. Here is one of my favorite things about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're perfect year-round in all seasons. I loved having Factor meals in the winter when it was so cold and so miserable to go out 
and I was happier to stay inside and heat up my factor meal and get a warm meal. But now that it's spring and warming up outside, I'm revving up my fitness routine. So I don't want to do takeout as much. I certainly don't want to cook or grocery shop. And I'm more conscious about what I'm eating. Another perfect season and reason to get factor meals delivered. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved, and ready to eat in two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of over 35 options, including popular options like the one I get, which is calorie smart, but you can also do keto, protein plus, or vegan and veggie. Also, it's not just meals. They have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverages, all kinds of things to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Head to factormeals.com slash criminality50 and use code criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code criminality50 at factormeals.com slash criminality50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay. Something tells me there's more to the story. Oh, there is uh, a couple more things that happen. And this is truly one of my favorite things I found this year. This has brought me so much happiness in 2021. And I I hope it brings it to you guys as well. (laughs) So (laughs) in 2011, the clothing brand Abercrombie & Fitch makes an offer to Mike. So they offer him $10,000 to him and the producers of Jersey Shore and really everyone on the show if they will just stop wearing their clothes. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. That's the best part. Isn't it so great? Yeah. So basically, if you will stop wearing our clothes, we'll give you $10,000. And, you know, a lot of times in these shows, the clothing is blurred out or the brands are blurred out. Abercrombie and Fitch claimed that there was some episode where you could see their brand and they did not want to be associated with it. Their quote, their offer includes a line, we are deeply concerned that Mr. Sorrentino's association with our brand could cause significant damage to our image. Oh my gosh. Right? So it's not as crazy as it seems though, because we have seen it happen before. We've seen Remember back in 2013 when tattoo artist and fashion designer Ed Hardy saw John Gosselin wearing his clothing? John Gosselin went through the Ed Hardy phase, right? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. That's a great parallel. And I feel like, honestly, both John Gosselin and Ed Hardy should be on the like removal list. Like, I don't know. That's like, they almost, to me, they deserve each other. Whereas Abercrombie and Sorrentino, I understand that tension and that conflict. Right. But Ed Hardy and John Gosselin, like that, that feels like a match to me. It makes sense. I get it. I get it. So, <laughs> but, but I see where I see, I understand. So it is an interesting thing. So their whole thing is, Hey, this could tank us. And really they should be so lucky that they were really wearing their clothes. It's just bringing awareness, but that's not how they saw it. So Mike claims he never even got this offer from Abercrombie and Fitch. And he actually goes on to sue them because they created a shirt called the Fituation. Stop (laughs) it. I was so excited. I looked to see if I could find it anywhere to buy it, to wear, to record tonight. And it just is, I don't think it exists anymore. Okay, this makes me feel like they're all in on it. Like this was some major publicity stunt. Well, it does feel that way. And I think part of their offer was really to promote this for sure. 
I don't know that Mike really caught that. So he claims that Abercrombie actually commits trademark infringement, unfair competition, false advertising, injury to business reputation, and misappropriation of likeness by using this term that none of us have heard before, the fituation, <laughs> <laughs> which he, wow. he feels that it's based off of his name, the situation, which I can see the parallel there. Sure, makes sense. sure. Yeah. So speaking of which, did we talk about how Mike got the name, the situation? We didn't yet. No. no. Perfect. I'm glad I inserted it here. So apparently Mike is walking down the beach one day with a friend and this girl and her boyfriend see him and see his abs and she stares at his abs and the boyfriend gets real mad. And so Mike's friend says, oh man, those abs are a situation. And we have been stuck with that and him and these songs and these shirts ever since. <laughs> who Who is the narrator of this story? Is oh, it it's Mike, Mike or the friend? It's okay, 100% so Mike. Un unreliable narrator. <laughs> He's also the one I love at the beginning of your story. You know, all his friends are like, you know, at some point you're gonna have to do something about got those to. abs. Do something with them. Like, wow, he's got a lot of people in his court, doesn't he? So many, like Robert Glass is there, you know? Or no, George just, Glass, George Glass. The Jan Brady, George Glass, the fake boyfriend. The, I'm quoting TV shows from the 70s at this point. This is how deep my nonsense wait, goes. Wait, okay. Wait, George Glass, George Glass as in a fictional character? A fictional character. Jan Brady claimed to have a boyfriend in on the Brady Bunch, and his name was George Glass. And so wow. I'm claiming that Mike has a George Glass situation. I understand. <laughs> no. Okay, thank you for clarifying. I'm tracking. No, you shouldn't because this is just how my brain works, and it's not really good for anyone. So... <laughs> A federal judge in Florida, though, goes on to grant Abercrombie and Fitch a summary judgment and ruled against each and every one of Mike's claims because Mike claims that this situation is too close to the fituation. But according to the judge, the word situation is, quote, not a word that was coined or made up by the plaintiffs or a word that is obsolete, totally unknown in the language or out of common usage. So basically, you're using it for entertainment, but it's a real word, so people are using it for other things, so get over yourself. So he goes further to say that the situation is both visually and phonetically different than the situation. True, but you can see how everyone's arrived at this point, right? So he found no evidence that Abercrombie and Fitch was what he was calling palming off its t-shirt. And he says, you know, the t-shirt has the Abercrombie and Fitch label inside, uses its trademark, and it's really a parody. And you can do things with parodies. So he continues this by saying that Mike doesn't even offer at this point, he didn't even offer uh, apparel on his website until after Abercrombie and Fitch, that couture, couture. See, I can't even say the word. I'm so not couture people <laughs> that I can't say the word couture. I, I think you can say it couture. I think you can also say couture. Oh my gosh. I'm still getting it wrong. Couture. No, no. I think you can say it either way. That's what That's I'm what saying. people on the seaside would say to somebody on the shore. So, <laughs> so I'm a shore person now, apparently. So he, <laughs> for Abercrombie and Fitch's part, they claim, you know, they wanted to parody, but they had no intention to actually confuse people. And according to fair use, they have right to make fun of Sorrentino in this press relief. And that press relief was when they offered $10,000. So like you were saying, it kind of all went hand in hand. But Mike lost the lawsuit and... He lost the $10,000. So Abercrombie and Fitch was allowed to sell his t-shirts. He loses, but really everyone wins because there's, you know, <laughs> his name is in the news and we're I mean, still, and talking, we're still about talking about it. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, but I, Rebecca, I don't want you to worry because Mike made literally millions of dollars since he started on Jersey Shore. And that really is his biggest problem. And the reason we're even talking about him, the original Jersey Shore goes from 2009 to 2012. But in 2018, MTV decides to bring it back and they bring it under the name Jersey Shore Family Vacation. So the new cast or not really the new cast, everybody's pretty much the same. Sammy Sweetheart's gone, but they go to different places. They go to Miami, they go to Las Vegas, but Family Vacation really focused a lot on Mike Sorrentino. And that's because Mike had gotten himself into a real situation, if you will. Rut row. indeed. So after the original journey of Jersey Shore ended in 2014, Mike and his brother, Mark, we said we would talk about it again. He was his manager. He was Mike's manager. And they were in like so much trouble because of their tax situation. So together, Mike and Mark ran a handful of companies, including MPS Entertainment LLC and this one hurts to say Situation Nation LLC. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I you wish- know, you got to know when to fold. <laughs> I mean, it's I have a tr- I have trouble with branding. I feel like he and I are on opposite sides. Like I'm so careful with I don't want to push it down people's throats and he's just like eat it and just shoving yes. it down your throat. <laughs> so- yeah, and he's trying to copyright a common phrase word, a noun in the English language, which I get some people have successfully achieved, but sure. very difficult road and his situation huh, I know. does not qualify. <laughs> That's the thing. We've accidentally said the situation 3,000 times on this. I know. Thank God we don't have to pay him because his oh abs gosh. don't need it. He's good. So according to the courts, though, they said that Mark and Mike made up all these LLCs and businesses to take advantage of what they called Mike's celebrity status. So Mike and Mark are charged with conspiracy to commit fraud and are indicted on claims that they didn't pay taxes properly on income that Mike had made that amounted to about $9 million for promotional activities. Wow. Yeah. So his brother's also charged with three counts of filing false tax returns from 2010 to 2012. And Mike's also charged with two counts of filing false tax returns as well as failure to even file a tax return in 2011, which if you're not going to file a fake one... Filing none is going to really raise some red flags. Yeah, yeah, the red flags are are flying. Right, they're, they're just flying. growing at his head, bouncing off his abs at this point. So, he allegedly earned that year almost two million dollars. So originally, both the men were going to plead not guilty, but once they realized the court had access to, like, I don't know, the internet and interviews they've done and all the times they've talked about their money, they decided to change their pleas. And so, remember that list of businesses that I mentioned early yeah. on yeah all of these are very easily accessible for the courts to find and a lot of times they'd even been a part of these press releases which might as well have been called hey uncle sam here's your situation <laughs> <laughs> yeah the internal revenue situation there oh i like it <laughs> there you go take the new spin so mike's looking at this point at getting at least 15 months in jail and so he starts seeing all this evidence that's piled up against him and he and his attorneys decide to change his plea from not guilty to guilty, you know, in hopes of getting a lesser sentence. To do so, though, Mike has to admit to what his crimes are. So according to Mike, back in 2011, he earned income that was considered taxable, and some of it was paid in cash. So to conceal this money to avoid paying taxes on it, what he would do is he would make cash deposits into various bank accounts, always less than $10,000, so it wouldn't flag the IRS. So having all these businesses and all these banks, you put 5000 in here, 5000 in there, 
no one's the wiser, minus the fact that you're saying all this stuff in interviews and everyone knows you have money and you didn't even bother to file in 2011. So not sure of the law there exactly, but anything over $10,000 has to be reported. For his part, his brother Mark says that between 2010 and 2012, he also earned taxable income, but he takes it a step further and he actually gives his accountants false information to file with, underreporting his total income by a lot. Yeah. So this all seems, it's so hard to understand because you're thinking, okay, you made $35,000 one year and what would your taxes be on that? Just a couple thousand dollars. Now you're making millions. You could still have so much money. Just put the money aside. It's just so, I don't know. It's a lot to think of somebody doing this because it seems like a very easy, they even had accountants. They just gave them the wrong information, you know? So according to Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Zuckerman, that's the third time I've had to say this, and imagine that business card. So she <laughs> title. I know. Said, quote, lying to and defrauding the federal government is a very serious crime, regardless of a defendant's celebrity status. And they said basically the brothers chose fame to benefit themselves, you know, but we're all in a civilized society. We're supposed to pay our taxes and and they weren't doing it and they needed to be held accountable. So on October 5th, 2018, Mike Sorrentino was sentenced by Judge Wingington to eight months in prison. He was also sentenced to two years of supervised visits, 500 hours of community service, $120,000 in restitution, which he quickly paid, and a fine of $10,000. His brother got a little more time. He got two years with $7,500 in fines and restitution to be determined at a later date. So Mike began serving his eight-month sentence on January 15th, 2019 at Federal Correctional Institution in Otisville. Are you familiar with Otisville? I'm not. Well, thank goodness, because that would have been a bunch of secrets coming out of you right now. Yeah, I mean, I've been to the Jersey Shore. I haven't been to many Jersey prisons, sadly. Man, (laughs) what are we doing here, Rebecca? Missed opportunities. Yeah, there you go. So two days later, on January 17th, his brother Mark began serving his two-year sentence at Federal Correctional Institution in Fairton, New Jersey. Nope, nope. nothing. Okay, Mm-mm. which was about 200 miles away from where Mike was serving his time. So oh, here- it's like the Menendez brothers, separate. It is, yeah, separate but together always. <laughs> so a fun fact about the prison Mike was incarcerated at, it was also where George Jung who Johnny Depp played in 2011's Blow, was incarcerated. Oh, interesting. Right? I had to dig a little deep for these. Yeah. So would this be like a federal prison then? If it's like drug and financial and tax fraud? It It must be a federal. Okay. It's pretty serious. I mean, if you knew your prisons in New Jersey, (laughs) if you had visited more, Rebecca... I feel like you could answer that yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And for fans of the Mindy Project, are you a Mindy Project fan? Did you ever watch that on Hulu or? Uh, oh, it's complicated. Love Mindy Kaling. So great. I, I, I don't love the show. You know what? I'm going to let you have that because it, there were a couple seasons I adored, but then the end of it, I was like, okay, we can cut out now. Yeah, it got tired. It went past its time, but I think she's a huge talent. I'm a huge Love fan her. of her. Yeah, she's yes. got HelloFresh commercials now. I just oh, I could watch her in anything. Queen. She yes. is. Agreed. So on the show, though, Nurse Morgan refers to his time locked away for stealing cars as being in Otisville. So he was oh. fictionally in Otisville. How fun. It is. Yeah. You know, it's something. There, were, there weren't a lot of facts in my... <laughs> prison New Jersey expert turned out not to have visited a lot of (laughs) 
You didn't have any uncles in federal prison? Come on now. (laughs) I'm sure my mom's listening going, wait, I never told you about. (laughs) We'll have to do an addendum. So Mike ended up being released on September 12th, 2019, after serving a little over eight months in federal prison for falsifying what amounted to about $9 million in unclaimed income. Nine million dollars. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. And his brother Mark was released in September of 2020. Since Mike has been home from prison, he's been really busy. While he was on probation, the courts did allow Mike to travel and be a part of the filming of Jersey Shore Family Reunion. And thank goodness, because that's when we got to meet the Mike that just wanted to eat food just all day long. <laughs> Never seen anybody eat more cheese. I questioned if he was my soulmate. I just didn't know. <laughs> Does he still have his abs or is he more like dad bod now? He had a dad bod, I think, during the cheese cheese situation that he was going through. <laughs> but I think he's he's tightened up a little bit. His okay. abs are back. But, you know, I think he could eat some cheese at this point. So Absolutely. Yeah. And so after that, Mike married his college sweetheart, Lauren Pesci. They actually met back in 2004 in math class in college. So it's cute. Very cute. Yeah, she seems very nice and normal. And uh, they dated for three years, broke up. Mike found grenades all over the Jersey Shore, and then they got back together. So Mike's not quite out of the woods, though, yet. On December 8th, 2020, so just last month, the judge in Mike's case actually issued a written warning because as of December 8th, he had only completed 18 of the required 500 community service hours. A Uh-oh. year and three months after his release. Only 18, 500, 18. I'm not doing that math, but <sighs> it's not good. Doing? And yeah. Eating cheese, apparently, and then really quickly working on those abs. There's a lot going on. So according to his probation officer, he's been given several suggestions on places to volunteer, including Toys for Tots, local churches, even online options. But so far, he hasn't completed them. This I don't understand. This is starting to stress me out for him. Same. And it's maddening because, you know, it could have been worse. Uh, you know, the worst part is over in terms of his punishment. Right. Like, just get this last part over before something more happens. I it's know. like the snowball effect. I know. And online, I didn't know you could even volunteer online. Like, what are you doing, sir? You can eat cheese while doing online. Things. I do it <laughs> yeah. all the time. That's my whole life. <laughs> So seriously, <laughs> but in, oh. in good news, though, in December, Mike actually celebrated five years of sobriety, which he oh, I thought that was good. awesome. Yeah. So in court, he did talk about um, or his attorney mentioned that a lot of the decisions he made at the time with his tax issues, he was not in a great state of mind and he was dealing with issues of sobriety. So he's come a really, really far away and I'm so happy for him. And now, Rebecca, there's a new situation, a baby situation. <gasps> Babysit. Babysit. Okay, I think that's actually the Instagram handle, but a baby situation is coming in May of 2021. So they're going to have a baby. Yeah, I thought that was exciting. He really needs to get on those hours before the baby's born, for one. What are you going to do then? Practically. And then two, because you don't want to get in big trouble when your baby's born and be absent. But think about this. Do you remember how little you slept whenever you had a baby? Maybe, maybe he's planning ahead. <laughs> I love kidding. that the idea of us going back to sleep deprivation with little kids is like, you know, prison's not that bad, is it? Like, that's how bad could sleep you, deprivation yeah. is. Yeah, you could ask the one guy a lot of questions about Johnny Depp playing him. I don't know. I, I mean, they also give you three meals, I'm <laughs> just saying. That you don't make yourself. Wow, okay. Of course, we're, we jest. Oh, so um, much. That, you know, Wow. I feel like I have this holistic picture of Mike Sorrentino 
that I, I really did not have prior. This is, this is good. Did you even want to have the whole picture before you didn't well, know you no. needed it? It's, the, it's exactly what I didn't know I needed. And, um, no, but in all honesty, yeah, I think he had a hazy decade like, yeah. of, of bad decisions and, you know, they called it the Jersey shore for a reason. I mean, I don't know why he got appearance fees at that rate because anybody can go down to the Jersey shore and see people just like him and all that <laughs> cast for free any weekends to this day. Like that is just one part of the Jersey shore culture. Right. It is not the whole thing. That's what I would really like to use this platform to convey. <laughs> um, but no, there really are some beautiful, very upscale beaches. But that is a very distinct New Jersey culture that I'm not not proud of. I'm like, that's just part of New Jersey. Right. But but there really is a whole other aspect. And there used to be this campaign, this commercial growing up, and it was the governor, and he would be on this beautiful beach and he was like, This is my New Jersey. And so I'm always saying that to people and I'm posting uh-huh. things on Instagram that are especially gorgeous. I'm like, This is my New Jersey. Like I Aww. need people to know. But um, but yeah, that's Jersey Shore, baby. Yeah. Well, I'm from Florida. So, I mean, I don't even fight it anymore. I'm like, yeah, no, that's Florida. This is my Florida, Florida, man, Florida, (laughs) whatever. For better or for worse. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So that was this week's episode. We are going to do something fun. We think it's fun. Is it fun? We don't know. You let us know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rebecca and I are big TV heads, which is not a thing, but now it is. TV heads unite. (laughs) We both enjoy our television. So we are going to just give each other small clues on what we're currently watching. So Rebecca, do you want to kick it off? Give me a clue about what you're watching. Let's see if I can, let's see if I can decipher. Okay. I'm in the middle of a couple programs, Sure, but uh, for this one, I would, I will set it up this way for you. What am I watching? Mormons behaving badly. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. You got it. Yes. Woohoo. Yay. <laughs> that is a classic. That's a new classic it's, already. It did not take season. long to become a classic. Right? I feel like I threw that out there too loosely, but I appreciate you allowing that and really letting oh, me yeah, live through no. that. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So my clue for what I'm watching, one of the things I'm watching, don't worry, you're not alone. I'm always watching several things. Four eccentric friends live in New York City and find out what happens when people stop being polite and start trying to find a missing girl. Is it not reality? It's not reality. Sorry. Okay. Okay. No, no, that's okay. Because I'm like, if this is reality, why am I not watching it? Right. Um, search party. Yes, I love search party. Okay. So fun. It's really fun. I I tapered off of it somewhere during the pandemic, and I need to get back into it because I know it, there might even be a second season now. So yeah, it well. So there was three, no, two seasons on TBS, and then they moved to cert, moved it to HBO Max and the, yeah. the third season, and the fourth one just came out. Oh, I'm really behind. Okay. Yeah. That is a fun show, so I'm way, way behind. I got to catch up. It is. It's so, I don't know. It's just funny and good drama. It's very, you have to suspend reality quite a bit, but we watch reality TV and <laughs> also have to suspend reality, and I just love it. It's just a fun, like, guilty pleasure. Not even, I don't, I feel no guilt. Zero. I love no it. No guilt. This is not the podcast for guilt. This is where we celebrate our obsessions. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> New tagline, colon, where we celebrate our obsessions. <laughs> and Rebecca, you want to give us the three clues for our new episode next or in two weeks? <gasps> yeah. So many clues. So little time. Okay. So I can't wait to tell my story to you and to everybody listening. The clues are social media, Bling 
as in blingity bling, bling. <laughs> and fashion week. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, I hope that like is um, titillating, as they say. And uh, we'll find out. We'll see you in two weeks for the next episode. So excited. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Thank you for listening to Criminality. If you're enjoying the show, please head over to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen and give the show a rating and review. The reality is it would be a crime to keep your thoughts to yourself. And come join the fun outside of the podcast and follow us on social media. We are at Criminality Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Memes are welcome. We'll see you in two weeks with a new episode. Until then, you can catch my co-host Melissa on her weekly show, Moms and Murder. And Rebecca Sebastian on her podcast, Dialogue, a true crime conversation. Don't forget, loving reality isn't a crime.